Welcome to Oh No Not Them. I'm your host, Eric Stroll. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, my cohort, my co-conspirator, my consigliere, Bill Solt. I am the Sony Trinitron to your old janky black and white. Oh, right in the feels, right in the feels. <laughs> oh. On today's episode, we're going to talk about TV shows. TV time. That's right. TV time, TV time. This, uh, I'm going to forewarn you now, before we even get started, this is going to veer in about 75 different directions. Oh, yeah, all over the place. This conversation started last week as soon as the mics went off, and we had to shut ourselves up so we wouldn't ruin anything for this week. Yes, we definitely did. So let's start this with a pretty easy one, Bill. What's your favorite TV show? Favorite TV show. Uh, that is a tough one because my, my knee-jerk reaction is Firefly. But, it, you know, it's I don't know. Um, I love Star Trek The Next Generation. Good show. Yeah, it is so hard to... I, you know what? That probably is my favorite. I, have, I mean, I've watched all the Star Treks. Next Generation was probably my all-time favorite of all time. But like I said, there are so many shows that I loved. I'm I'm a huge uh, huge fan of the Next Generation. It's my favorite Star Trek, but I couldn't honestly call it my favorite show. My favorite show, I would probably have to go with either Sons of Anarchy, okay, or Breaking Bad. All right. Well, I've never seen either of them. <laughs> You've never. Uh, no, that we'll come back. Yeah, to that. we'll, we, we'll yeah. come back to that. <laughs> What's your favorite animated show? Oh, man. See, that animated show. You know what? Out of all of them, it probably has to be the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. The Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. That's a deep yeah. cut. Yeah. I mean, I like Transformers. I own I own the Transformers, and of course I own the... the but the Dungeons and Dragons one, I, I always thought that was a lot more fun. Right. You know, and of course that didn't last too many seasons at all, but I mean, that was... Um, I think that was Rankin and Bass animation. So, I mean, it's really good stuff. I mean, Donnie Most is in it. Yeah, I mean Ralph Mouth from Happy Days is really. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's what it's. It's just a really. It's a fun show. Um, it's one of those that I I, I seem to like to just kind of watch every now and again, just to watch it. Well, as you saw when you walked in the house, um, my favorite of all time, SpongeBob. Yes, <laughs> is South Park. Right. <laughs> I I love South Park. I've watched the entire series, front to back. I can't tell you how many times. Yeah, I like. So I remember. I know that I got sent the, one of the uh, original viral emails, Santa yeah. versus Jesus. Yeah, and I watched South Park in the beginning. I really did enjoy it. It fell off for me somewhere. See that the thing is, I never thought it fell off. I thought it stayed really, really modern, especially in the last few seasons. The turnaround time that they're doing on these episodes is literally like oh yeah two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I I know that they do. I don't know when. I I don't know when it exactly kind of stopped for me, but it was one of those points when it's like there was so much stuff taping, and at the time I only had a TiVo that you you can only do two channels at once. Oh God, such Stone Age technology. Well, this was this was back then, so it's like you had to I had to decide what I was going to watch and what I wasn't going to watch. So I took out Family Guy, and I stopped watching South Park. I stopped you know I just I just stopped taping a lot of stuff because I just wasn't watching it. Right. See, I'm a big Family Guy man. Uh, family Guy I liked, fan. As well. I liked Family Guy too, but it, it was one of those things where I just, it, like I said, I still enjoy the humor. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm constantly on YouTube. I just last night I was looking up all the Family Guy Back to the Future references. Right. 
And you know, there, there's a ton of them. Yeah, and it's it's just it's fun to watch. And but I just don't have time to watch the those shows anymore. Did you watch? Uh, were you a fan of the like the Bugs Bunny, Looney Tunes? Oh my God! Yeah, that's. I mean, you had the Tom and Jerry, Bugs Bunny. I was. I I never yeah. really. I liked Tom and Jerry up until they made them friends. I don't remember. I don't remember when they ever were friends. I mean, in the I think that came around like in the Tom 80s. and Jerry kids. When, no, not Tom and Jerry kids. Oh. They did actual Tom and Jerry episodes where they were friends. Oh, that's not good. That's no, not good. it's it's wrong. Did you see Hulu brought back the Animaniacs? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's been all over my Facebook feed. It's like I, I get it, people. I get it. Have you watched any of it yet? No, <laughs> neither have I. Neither have I. I'm a. I, I liked. I liked the Animaniacs when they were on in their first run. I thought that was pretty. Uh, pretty good. Almost edgy. It was. Yeah, it was edgy, but it was also strangely enough, it was half educational. Yeah. Which. Which, like, you know, how dare you try to teach me on a cartoon? Right. And that, but they, the one thing I gotta, I have to watch it because they brought Pinky in the Brain back. I mean, you can't do the Animaniacs without Pinky in the Brain. No, and then and uh, the voice guys that, that did those, I mean, they've done so many great things over the years. I mean, um, Rob Paulson yeah. is, just, is just a genius with what he does. Yeah. What's the, what do you think is the best uh, uh, sitcom of all time? Oh, gee, oh, sitcom. Huh. I'm trying to think of ones that I really enjoyed and ones that I just really couldn't stand. And sometimes the ones like like Family Matters somehow always pops in my brain. And I know I hate that show. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I I was never a fan. It was too wholesome. Yeah. So I'm trying to think when I think sitcoms, I'm trying to think of what, what I really. So I think a lot of stuff in the past. I'm gonna say in the past decade, even or even twenty years, the sitcom is dead. <laughs> Uh, the sitcom, it's, it, 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 it's it's dying, it, but it does live on cable. I mean, I watched a lot of oh, a lot of Happy Days. Yeah, but which one would be my favorite? I'm trying to think of of which ones that I actually own on like DVD sets. Okay, I own Max Headroom. Matt, oh, deep cut. Oh, I love Max Headroom. That was good stuff. Yeah, that wasn't really a comedy. I don't know. If, first and ten. That that would great be the, show. That would be the comedy. Great that I would, show because I I loved First and Ten was on HBO when yep. I was a kid. Doctor Death, Crunchner, Mad yes. Dog, Smears. Yes, and it was like yeah, it was like Donald Leslie from Revenge of the Nerds. Yep, the cop on um, Chicago PD right now, um, the head cop, whatever his name is, uh, Jason Beagie. He was one of the quarterbacks. Yes, he was in one in the original show before he got that like you know before he got the yeah he he was a quarterback yeah and. and uh, uh, Delta Burke was in it as an yep. owner. Delta Burke was the owner of oh, the team, and it was I lo- I absolutely loved that show. That was a great show. Yes. I compl- you know what I forgot about that. Um, then you had like the the anchors of the defense, the guy who played uh, the guy who played Ogre in Revenge yep. of the Nerds, D- Dudley Dawson. Yep. Well, that was his name. Of the, uh, yep. Doctor Death Cruncher. Yep. Doctor Death Cruncher, and then you had Mad Dog Smears. Yep. Oh God, that was such a good show. I have HBO Max. I wish they would put that on there. Yeah, well, I have I have the um, the DVD collection. Really? The problem is, is they the first season you bought Region Two, didn't you? They put a laugh track in it. Oh, yeah, and they edited some of the stuff out that was more racy. Oh, so the first season on the DVD set is just complete trash, and then it was stuff that was on TV, and you can you can laugh about. Right. What are your thoughts on Mash? Well, growing up in my house with one TV, 
I watched a lot of shows like MASH and Dallas and Falcon's Crest cause, just because one TV that's what you had to watch. Right. I don't really have an opinion for MASH one way or the other. It was it was a show that was on TV that I remember being on. See, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of MASH. I love that show. I can watch it over and over again. Toward the end of the run, it got a little preachy uh, when you had uh, Alan Alda directing more and more of the episodes well, yeah, and writing I, more and more of the episodes. It became a little more preachy. Mm-hmm. But it's it's to this day it's just a brilliantly written show. Yeah, I don't have any. Like I said, I don't think the show was ever bad. I just, I guess, not being, I guess, a medical drama. I don't really medical dramas aren't my thing. Military kind of things are, you know. Yeah. So it's like it it mixes a lot of stuff that I don't have any. I can't relate to anybody. Oh, okay. You know, D- did you uh did you watch Oz? No. What? Oh, you never watched Oz. No. <laughs> Dude, great show. It's right up your alley. You see a lot of dicks. Right away. Right away. You got to go there. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's It takes pre- place in a penitentiary, in a maximum security mm-hmm. penitentiary in New Jersey. And it's, uh, I think, four or five seasons, maybe more. But it's the goings on of, uh, of what goes on in this prison. And it follows the lives of some of the inmates uh n- namely Tobias Beecher the guy who plays uh the guy who played Jonah J Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies is in it oh and i just saw something about him the other night too i can't remember his name uh, he's on the state farm yeah or farmers uh insurance commercials yeah we, yeah he's on that and he you know he does um he did that one movie where the, he was a JK Simons yep that's it JK Simons uh he plays the leader of the Aryan Brotherhood in the prison, uh, okay. Vern Schillinger, magnificent prick. <laughs> uh, mag- not literally because you see a lot of dicks, but he's just such a magnificent bastard in there. Chris Maloney from NY, uh, uh, no, not NYPD. Um, the other cop show, L- uh, Law and Order the, SVU. The other cop show. Like, yeah, law- it's like if you th- there's cop shows and medical shows on TV and a few firefighter shows, which is why I don't watch a lot of TV right now. Well, uh, Chris Maloney, who was on uh, Law and Order SVU, and uh, did you ever watch the show Happy? Happy, Happy. No, I don't think I probably did. Okay, he's in that too. Chris Maloney's in there. Harold, Harold Piranu is like the narrator. Uh, he plays a dude named Augustus Hill, who's confined to a wheelchair after a uh, we'll we'll call it a run-in with the police. Um, he was thrown off a fucking building, uh, and he's he's the narrator of the show. It's um, if you have HBO Max, give it a watch. It's yeah. good stuff. Like I said, I know that I knew that this episode was going to be our styles. Like really, this is where we like really diverge, right? Because like the stuff that I watch would be like Arrow. I love the Arrowverse, Arrow, Flash, Supergirl. Yeah, not my thing. Uh, yeah, and I also was a big fan of Greg the Bunny. <laughs> Greg the Bunny was great. I wish they you would know, bring that back. I mean, like I said, t- like I said, when it comes to TV shows, I really kind of, I checked out of a lot of TV uh-huh. recently because there's just nothing decent on. Eh, you got you got to you got to weed through a sea to uh, see a crap. Yeah, I I just and I, I I'd rather just sit and read, you know, or just watch YouTube videos, than than watch TV. Right. Like the the my one night of watching TV is Sundays. When I'm either watching racing or football. Okay. Uh, well, how it, about them Cowboys, dude? Oh, come on. Let me have it. Let me have one. I'll let you have it. All right. <laughs> You're three and seven. 
When, when it, no, four and seven now, right? No, three and seven. You guys had a bye week. At the time of this recording, whoever takes Thanksgiving takes the top of the division. Doesn't matter. That division <laughs> is a dumpster fire. <laughs> but it, but it, but it's my dumpster fire. How pathetic is it that somebody <laughs> is probably going to win that division with a sub five hundred record? But they're going to win it. <laughs> Yeah, this is true. Back to TV. <laughs> Back to TV. <laughs> um, so you're not big into medical shows. You're no. not big into uh, uh, firefighter cop shows. My wife is a big fan of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Wednesday nights is her night because that's the Chicago trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Chicago Fire, Chicago Med, Chicago PD. Yep. Great. I I, I watch, like I said, I watch a lot of it kind of like out of the side of my eye. Yeah, I come through the I come through the thing, and you know I come through the oh it's, it's on TV, Lisa's watching it or, okay, <laughs> I'm kind of the same way. I'm sitting there staring at my phone while she's watching this shit. Do, do you do you interrupt sometimes to ask a question about a character? Occasionally. You know, hey, didn't he have his finger cut off? Occasionally. Well, well, yeah, three weeks ago, and they sewed it back on. Oh, I didn't know, right? Just- oh, well, well, Missy <laughs> Missy recently restarted watching Rescue Me. Okay. Okay. The the firefighter. Yeah, with Dennis Leary. With Dennis Leary. Yes, she recently started rewatching that, and I kind of jumped in watching in the middle of it, and I'm asking all kinds of questions. I think she was getting fucking torqued. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what it. You know, I I um I remember when that was first on. My neighbor at the time was a big Rescue Me fan. Uh huh. And again, Gunser. Yeah, firefighter show. Couldn't get into it. <laughs> right. I I mean, it's a really well-acted show. It's a really well-written show. And, you know, the cool thing is Dennis Leary is a big proponent of firefighters mm-hmm. and, and first responders. He's truly a, a good dude and yep. funny as hell. What's the best sketch comedy show not called SNL? Oh, wow. Well, let's run down the list and see if we can actually pick one. SCTV. Brilliant. Kids in the Hall. Brilliant. Uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Brilliant. The State. Never watched it. Oh, this the State had Louie. The guy that just wants to dip his balls in things. Oh, okay. <laughs> he carries around two ping pong balls and just yells, I want to dip my balls in it. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's this. I, I love sketch comedy shows. Yes, I do. I do when they're when they're well done. Yeah, I I. I think I honestly and and I know yeah we'll talk about SNL but I don't think that there's ever been a bad SNL season but just bad SNL shows there's uh I don't because even know. in the worst seasons there have been some really golden moments uh, I defy you pull me a golden moment out of the season that had Robert Downey Jr on it I'm sure I could I just recently had to delete the SNL app off my phone because they stopped uh, updating it and it keeps crashing. Oh. Well, no, that's probably due to the fact that you have a brick for a phone. Don't make fun of the iPhone 6. It's, a fuck- it's coming back. That's a freaking potato. <laughs> Dear no, God. No, they stopped updating the app because they wanted, I guess they wanted to do something else with it. So it's like, no, you can be able to get most of the sketches on there from all the seasons. Right. But yeah, the Robert Downey Jr. Uh, era, that also had Terry Sweeney, Anthony Michael Hall. John Lovitz was in that season, so and well, um, oh yeah, I remember a lot. But of that. Lovitz was the only one who stuck around. Yeah, but but even and Randy Quaid was in that season, and Joan Cusack. I remember so much. See, that was a that was also like I said, there were bad sketches, but 
there. I don't ever. I don't think there was ever a really bad season. That season was shite. <sighs> shite. After this, we're gonna go on YouTube. I'll show you. I probably won't be able to find something that you like anyway. You're probably a fan of Goat Boy too. No, no, I thought that was a, a dumb character, but I give him props for at least trying something. I'll give you that. There was a lot of there was a lot of guys on on SNL. That's and that's a problem with SNL right now. I don't think they're trying. I really, I really don't. I, I think this is now a uh, a show now where you have a lot of great actors, but the writing is kind of subpar. However, Weekend Update, still, it, ma- it makes me laugh every single week. Hmm. I I really should w- give SNL another go. Um, I honestly haven't watched a new episode of SNL probably in four years, yeah. five years. There, there are definitely always like every. Every show I go through, uh-huh. there are definitely one or two turds in it where it's like, okay, you didn't know how to end that. Right. But then you know, overall, they, they really kind of pull some good stuff together. Yeah. What's your, fa- what's your uh, favorite SNL overall cast? Oh, uh, I think it really kind of goes back with Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. That cast was great with Phil Hartman. Late 80s. Yeah, Jan Hooks. But Will Ferrell... Jimmy Fallon, Rachel Dratch, Horatio Zanz, also did some phenomenal stuff. Now we're going into the early to mid-90s. Yeah. The, they were, I mean, like I said, they were two very separate, but my God, were they, was the, the, the stuff that they pulled was just legendary and funny. Yeah, it was, it was great stuff. I would put that era of SNL second to the original Not Ready for Primetime players. Yep. The original cast, for my money... I can go back and watch episodes from 74 and still, like, uproariously belly laugh. I, 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 I've I watched the episodes, and I think, like I said, I think I was too young to understand a lot of the culture. Like, the Bill Murray um, lounge act yeah, doesn't really resonate with me. But when you got, like, Richard Pryor and George Carlin yeah, um, and some greats of comedy and musical guests... Yes, Frank Zappa. Yes, and when Fear was on it. Yep. And the the first live mosh pit. Yep. On SNL. I mean, that memory stuck in my brain forever. And, and the the most some of the most iconic characters in SNL history came out of those two eras. Yes. Um from the original cast, you've got the Blues Brothers, mm-hmm. um the Killer Bees, the Wild and Crazy Guys, Coneheads. The Coneheads. Pete Dianopolis in the Olympia uh, Olympia restaurant. <laughs> no fries, chips. Cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. <laughs> no hamburger, no cheeseburger, no burger. <laughs> I could do the whole bit. Oh, yeah. That I mean, Belushi, Belushi is the samurai. What more could you ask for? That was, that, that was perfect sketch comedy. Yep. And then when you get into the late 80s through the mid 90s, when you have guys like Mike Myers and Dana Carvey with the birth of Wayne's World, uh, Chris Farley. Oh, Chris Farley. As Matt Foley, the motivational speaker. Yeah. Everybody knows about living in a van down by the river. That's right. Everybody knows that. Everybody at least knows that line. If they don't know the premise of the bit, they know the line. Yep. Uh, And to me, that's the mark of of a memorable, great character. Oh, yeah. Because... You could say that tagline, oh, I heard that. And then you had uh, Phil Hartman doing Frankenstein's Monster. <laughs> Those were hilarious. Oh, my God. Uh, some of the stuff Will Ferrell came up with in there was just absolute gold. Will, Will Ferrell 
And I still to this day will pronounce it hot tub. Hot tub. Because <laughs> they had the, the fabulous Wesley Arms. And I grew out of being a Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler fan. Uh-huh. Because they didn't seem to change when they left. But I loved more Cowbell. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the, and the, the cheerleaders ones. The cheerleaders are good. Yeah. Of, of course, his portrayal of Alex Trebek. Alex Trebek. <laughs> Those celebrity Jeopardies will go down in history as the greatest game show parodies they ever pulled. Yeah, they over, will. Over all of them. Oh, they will, without a doubt. Because, I mean, just the talent that they assembled on that stage at one time. You've got Will Ferrell as Alex Trebek. You've got Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. Mm-hmm. And then you bring in Norm MacDonald as, as Burt yep. Reynolds. It, it, it's, it's And a, then any guest star. I mean, right. well, Tom Winona, Hanks. Winona Ryder. Oh, my God, Tom Hanks. Playing Tom Hanks. Yes, it was uh, that yeah. that is the best game show parody that they've ever done. Yeah, and they and I know they keep trying to do the family feud to get everybody out there. Right. But they, it always lacks something, I think, because well, first I don't like Family Feud. I don't like Steve Harvey's version of Family Feud. Me neither. Because it just it looks like it just wants to go in the gutter. Yeah. I swear it's produced by Howard Stern. And it's coming from someone who actually likes Howard Stern. Yeah, I know. It, it uh, Harvey um a lot of times I notice Steve Harvey has to try hard yeah. to well, steer it out of the guy. I, I swear it's the writers. I mean, and I almost like, I almost look at like, uh, I think it would be almost funnier if you had like Stefan. Yeah. Hosting Family Feud. You know. And it's like, you know, but when they give, and this is like, you can't tell if this is a parody or an actual show when they have questions like, we asked 100 people, name something you'd like to put in your mouth. Was that an actual show or is that a parody? I know. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God. And then the the people is like, no filter on these people. You know, it's not the Richard Dawson and Al from, <laughs> from Tool Time. Yep, yep. And there was a third one in there, too. I can't remember. Ray, think, Ray I think. Ray Combs. Ray Combs. But it's like, those were all really great versions. And Steve Harvey is just absolute trash. Right. And that's the one they did do on SNL. Let me guess. They probably have Keenan uh, Peele. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah, Keenan uh, is is also he's been there many many years. I I think it's I keep wondering when he's going to leave, but well, he tried striking out on his own before and it didn't work. Yeah, I mean his um his one character that he does, uh, I think it's like uh, Chris to what <laughs> when he does the movie stuff. Okay, that character I enjoy. See, I I've never been a big fan of his. Like back to the Good Burger stuff and. I, I I never I I I, didn't I remember get it. on the SNL when now this is when Bill Cosby was wholesome when uh, he did the Bill you know, the Fat Albert movie right and then he refused to do Bill Cosby impressions on SNL because quote unquote he knew where his bread was buttered oh Jesus and uh, wow well, that really went south didn't it yeah I guess it did. <laughs> Um, who would have thought that Cliff Huxtable uh, would order um, a vodka and Coke for himself and a roofie colada for yeah. the lady? The guy who who derided on comedians like Sam Kennison, Dice Clay, Eddie Murphy. Yep. And uh, and all that. For, it, for work and blue. Yeah. Yep. Is the one who is the actual scumbag. Right. Yeah. Uh, who'd have thunk it? That, yeah. That, that was like. That was a, a complete shock to, I guess, everybody. Oh, it it was a complete shock to everybody. Nobody wanted to believe it. 
since we're kind of on the subject of game shows, it was announced. Did you see it was announced today that they've named a temporary guest host for Jeopardy? No, I didn't see. Yes, Ken Jennings. That I figured they were talking about that. Yes, it's the I, most logical. It's a it's a very good it's a very good choice in my opinion. He's smart. He's articulate. He's personable. Mm-hmm. I think he'll make I think he'll make a good at least temporary host. Yeah, I think I think right now. And you know what? As far as game show hosts go, I love if we can stay on television and still talk about this too. I know the game show game show hosts now. I I don't like that they keep getting comedians to host shows. Agreed. Because it's like, you know, I understand the reasoning, but I always felt that the game show host facilitates the host, not kind of like, you know. He facilitates the show, not takes it over. Exactly. Right. And I just noticed that they use a lot of stand-up comedians now to just put in for these game shows. The one guy I've seen do it actually kind of, sort of well is Drew Carey on Price is Right. I have seen... (laughs) Have you ever seen him get mad at a contestant? No, I haven't. Oh my god, it's it's actually hilarious. It, it remind it honestly reminds me of like you know your father if you brought home like a a D minus on a paper you worked all weekend on. Okay, it's like uh, you know you, you could have done so much better. I I can't believe you you did that. It's like he he has this like really. Just, it's more disappointment than anything else. Yes, and it sounds it's like you know when when somebody is like you know going for the showcase showdown. Yeah, and I know there was one where he, they thought the person cheated, because he actually looked up the prices of things before he came on the show. You know, did his homework. Right. So he was able to win both of them, and Drew was so dismissive, of it was so passive aggressive dismissive of the guy for winning, and he didn't cheat, he gamed the system. Right. My one of my favorite uh, recent Saturday Night Live, or not Saturday Night Live. What the hell am I talking about? Price is Right episodes. Uh, Adam Dutkowitz, the guitar player from Kill Switch Engage, was on. <laughs> Legit as a as a contestant. All right, and he got up on stage, won his game. I I th- I want to say Adam even made it to the showcase. Hmm. That was as a metal fan that and a, and a Kill Switch Engage fan. To me, that was that was just like cool as shit. Yeah, I I watched the. Uh, I mean, there were, uh, game shows was another wonderful. I mean. Uh, I, I think that uh, I still think the '80s and '90s had the best game shows because they weren't reality shows, right? Because everything now, even if it's a game show, Bachelorette's a game show. It, it, yes, it Survivors is. is a game show. You know, the great, the Amazing Race game show. They're all game shows. That's right. all it is. But I mean, when game shows were like bumper stumpers, when you were sitting there trying to figure out what a bumper set, right? That's you know, and the Scrabble one. You know, they had so many great, great game shows. Hundred thousand dollar pyramid. Yep. Card sharks, uh, card sharks. Oh God, we're going back to Chuck Woolery yep. here. Joker's Wild was my favorite game show that was always on. Joker's Wild was a good one. I was always a fan of the old school Prices Right with Bob Barker. Oh my, yeah, my grandmother watched that shit religiously. And you just wanted to punch the person in the mouth for for betting a dollar or a dollar over. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're you're stealing it. You know you're stealing it. Yeah, you're a dick and you know it. <laughs> yep. And then you wish her they go, okay, we're gonna we're gonna play the Mountaineer game and you we all have that yodel in our head. Uh-huh. Yeah, yep. And it's like and you just hope, come on, bit over, bit over. Ah, he fell off. Good for you, good for you. Now go sit down. <laughs> That's right. I, I I hope and I hope you get five cents on the fucking show on the wheel. <laughs> oh God. Yep, my grandmother, uh every day, eleven o'clock in the morning, my grandmother had to have CBS on to watch the price is right. Yeah, I, re- I remember watching it. I remember watching it a lot. Game shows were 
were very big in our house. Well, in in my house when I was a kid, uh, there were certain things I can count on watching every day. One of them was The Price is Right. Another one, like, now I'm talking summertime when we were on break from school. Another one I could guarantee every day is General Hospital. <laughs> oh, yep. My grandmother, uh, I love you, Graham. I, I love you. And to this to this day, I know half of the freaking characters on General Hospital. Um, then when the old man would get home, it was the news. When Chut would get home, it was news. And then we had to we had to find Mash somewhere. So my grandfather is responsible for being me being a Mash nut. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I got home from whenever. I mean, I know it was Transformers and GI Joe back to back, right? On Channel Eleven, I can always remember that. And then it's like, you know, maybe a game show here and there. My mom liked to watch Rockford Files. Oh, my grandparents watched that too. Uh, Quincy, Matlock. I mean, it was like, I remember. I was, I was probably older for Matlock, though. I was probably I, might have my own TV by then. Every time I hear the name Matlock, all I can think of is Grandpa Simpson <laughs> in the nursing home. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, for some reason, those shows are like, I mean, my mom and Murder, She Wrote was another one. She loved those mystery procedurals. Right. right. You know, where you have to solve something. And it's like, I, okay. And I, it was on. You had to watch it. What about the A-Team? I love the A-Team. Oh, I figured you would. Oh, my God. That was a, a, a wonderful, wonderful show. Nobody ever shot, got shot. I know. These, these elite people. <laughs> and nobody ever got shot. Yes. And what about, what did you, th- were you a fan of MacGyver? I wasn't, but I think my mom actually was. So I remember. I know the premise. I don't. I don't think I ever watched it though. I I I, I used to like MacGyver. That was a good show. The original with Harry yeah, Dean she, Stanton. Yeah, like I said, she would watch Simon and Simon, Heart to Heart. I mean, all me, all these Moonlighting. Yes, I I know Moonlighting was on at one point. Yeah, it's amazing how many weird TV shows are out there. I know, right? Well, here you go. Let's since we're we're on an '80s bender here. Do you remember? Do you remember Sledgehammer? I remember Fred Dreyer. Oh God, that was Did, such a great show. Didn't last too long, but, but it should have. Two seasons. Yep. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was just two seasons. But that was such a such a great show, and it's a show that would never get made today. Nope. It would never get made today. A gun nut cop. Forget it. Yep. Well, I think a lot. I think a lot of those shows. Well. Everybody likes like to point the finger how terrible they all were and all. And you know what? I, I mean, I'll say this right now. I was a fan of Dukes of Hazard, and uh-huh. I still think it's fine. Right. You know, I mean, they you know there was not one point in that show where anybody ever you know that I can remember. I'm sure someone would love to just point their finger at it and say, "Yeah, here's a." But but I don't remember ever you know the racism being in it. It was it was a show about two Southern boys. I, I don't remember any racism in the show either. No. The only thing that is quote-unquote racist was the fact that there was a Confederate flag on the car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, and this may be an unpopular opinion with some of our listeners. I don't have a problem with the Confederate fra- flag on private property. On, on public property, on state property, eh, we might need to have a talk about that. But... On your private property, whatever. Do what the hell you want. Just leave me alone. Mm. But anyway, back to TV. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, 
where did I where did I want to go with this? Oh, I got here's a you're gonna like this rabbit hole. What's your favorite Britcom? That's tough. Are we counting Monty Python as a Britcom? We will count Monty Python. Okay, let's uh, let, let's no let, no no. There's there's so many great ones. I mean, even nowadays. I mean, like I said, I love uh, Monty Python, um, Young Ones, of course. I mean, we you know that's where our show is named after. That's right. Uh, bottom anything Adrian Edmondson does. My God, the man's a genius. Uh, oh, and Rick Miles too. Yeah, uh, but then of course there's Father Ted. Never seen it. Yep, which is uh, which is uh, I guess and um, Black Books, which is another one. Okay. Um, imagine people running a bookstore that don't like people, and don't like books. What? It's that is standard Brit comedy, self-deprecating, and I hate everybody, and I and that is what I love so much about that comedy. Okay. Um, I mean, and you've got the old standbys, of course, yes. Monty Python. So, if, but if I'm gonna say a favorite, okay, it's, it's gonna be Black Adder. Black Adder. Wh- I, which which series? Uh, second. Black my, Adder the my, second. My favorite season was the second. Which, oddly enough, is the introduction of Rick Mayle into the cast. Oh, yeah. Lord Flashheart. Yep. <laughs> and he played that so over the top. Yes, he's the only one that could have played it that well. Oh, my God, yes. For those that don't know, Rick Mayle is a British comedic genius. Absolute certified genius. He was part of not the Footlights because he didn't go to Oxbridge. Oh, no, I'm, I'm comic comedy uh, comedy strip comedy strip comedy strip presents. Yep, he was part of comedy strip presents, and he did some brilliant stuff there. Um, we talked about it earlier uh, on an earlier episode. The bad news, <laughs> the 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 bad news movies, which were fantastic, and then him and his partner Ben El- uh, writing partner Ben Elliott. Wrote the Young Ones, which is my favorite British show of all time. Uh, that's one A. Monty Python's Flying Circus being one B. But Rick Mail is. I'm I'm trying to find the American equivalent of what Rick Mail is of who Rick Rick Mail is. I almost said Yahoo Serious, and I remember no, he's not American. <laughs> no, Yahoo Serious. I'm trying. To, uh, there has to be an American. Just oh my god. Well, you know what? If there's an American equivalent, if there would have been. Howie Mandel in the 80s. Yeah. When he was just flying all over the place and, you know, just like this really irreverent character. Yes. Maybe even Robin Williams. Robin Williams when he was hopped up on mountains yes. of coke. Yes, because he was all over the place. Early 80s Robin Williams. Yeah. But also, like I said, but but the best part about British comedy is how insulting it is. Oh, yeah. Right now, we're getting to that point now with... Um, is it Jeffrey Ross? He does his roasts. Yeah, but I mean, they've always been that way—violent, insulting, and cartoonish. Oh my God! I, I let let's just look at a couple of Young Ones episodes. Um, the one uh, oil. Yep. Look at oil. <laughs> You've got Vivian beating the shit out of Rick with a cricket bat. Yep. Um. It, 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 Later it, on, Rick puts a pickaxe through his head. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, with that, with a motorcycle helmet on. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's just so out there. But they've all, like I said, Faulty Towers was like that. Faulty I mean, Towers, yes. even Monty Python. I mean, it's they, just that that wonderful, just you know, we're gonna just be angry, and you know, and our the humor is self deprecating. It makes fun of itself. It is. It's very self deprecating, but at the same time, it also rails against 
like the British government at the time. Oh yeah. I I mean it's so so anti-establishment and railing against conservatism because conservatism was just like rampant yep. in in Britain through the 70s and the 80s. And here you know here's these young guys that are just saying no fuck you. We we want something better. And this this was their way to try and get that message across. Yeah, and they they weren't and like I said, they weren't shy about taking any pot shots at anybody. Oh no. And you know, and like I said, we didn't know who a lot of these people were, you know, as kids. I think a lot of the jokes even went over our heads. Oh, they did. And they, they absolutely yeah, did. But but the delivery was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, you you can't find a better delivery of a guy that's playing basically the whipping post of a show that he's that he is writing than Rick Mail in the Young Ones. Yeah, there's a, a great story that I know that um, Adrian Edmondson told about that. You you remember the um, show when the bed came down through the the ceiling? Yeah. All right. During that show, they were both lying in the bed. Waiting to be dropped, like fourteen feet. Right, and uh, Rick Mile turns to to Adrian and he says, "He says, I, you know, I'm I'm really scared. I I think we're gonna die." Adrian turns and he says, "Good," <laughs> <laughs> and they drop the rope. Well, they, they did. That wasn't that wasn't the first nor the last thing that those two guys did together. Though. Oh no, bottom was was there was was I think. <laughs> Another one where they just beat the hell out of each other. The Dangerous Brothers. Yes, that was. I think that was before. That was before the. And that was ones. also. That was when, <laughs> when Adrian Edmondson. I shouldn't laugh about this, but I mean, if he can, uh, so can I. He got set on fire. Yeah, and everybody thought it was part of the act. Yeah, that and that was during a live show. Yeah, <laughs> and and they just and they and he ran with it and then came on. Let's see what went wrong here. You gotta love that. You gotta love that. That's, and that's why I think American TV likes to steal a lot of stuff from Britain. A oh, lot. A lot. Uh, I mean, let's just look at some of the you know, flat-out thievery of full series. The Office was a British show. Right, but I don't think, there's, I don't think it's full thievery. I mean, they, get, they want to make an Americanized version of ah, it. Ah, you're, you're right on that one. You know, and it's like they do, because I think that, um, oh, God, Ricky Gervais uh-huh. appeared on The Office in The American as David Brent. Okay. And him and... and um, Michael Scott had a, a thing together in a scene. So they acknowledged each other's presence. Right. But I mean, I, I swear when you see like, oh, like all these shows that started in Britain, even like the new ones like um, Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. That was in Britain first. Uh, American Idol, Britain first. Well, how was it American Idol if it was in Britain? Well, it was Britain's Idol. It was, like I said, it wasn't American Idol. It, start, it started over there. Look, do your research. We, we steal a lot. Oh, I'm not saying we don't, but if it was in Britain, it wasn't American Idol, then was it? No, it wasn't. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I, I despise reality shows. Me, I, no, I, I hate them. I don't despise them because I actually enjoy Survivor. I, I, I can't the, watch it. The two, like I, I remember when the real world came on and... The people on that show were my age, uh-huh. and I loved it. I wanted to be on that show. Not me. And then by season four, I had checked out because all of a sudden they, oh, you got to have a job now, and now we're going to actually, we, we're going to write the show. 
I like Chappelle's version of the real world better. That was a weird skit. Oh, wasn't it though? Yes. That was. I mean, that was. That's one of my favorite Chappelle show skits, though. Uh, that's another one. That was. It was three seasons of absolute brilliance. You can't top what Chappelle did, and the unedited episodes are currently available mm-hmm. on Netflix. Um, so I've been rewatching that too. Um, Dave Chappelle was, is was, is a genius. His show was so good. The stuff he did with Charlie Murphy was just brilliant. Paul Mooney as Negro Damas. Yeah. All, a lot of that, yeah, lot, tons of that stuff was just great. Yeah. Even bringing like Mario Cantone in to do Ask a Gay Guy. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> it, it was it's such a good show. And Chappelle was not, af- another guy who's not afraid to make himself the butt of a joke. Nope. No, but I think, he, I think that show just, I, I think he got burnt out. He that's, did. Because that's after he just, he just, hey, we're going to give you like, you know, $20 million. Nope, don't want it. He left. Yeah, he flamed out. He, he absolutely flamed out. Uh, but I think for Chappelle at that time, the well might have been dry and he needed to recharge. Because, uh, I mean, three years he went full tilt and just absolutely, there's not a bad episode of Chappelle's show. Now, was that about the same time that, that Mind of Menstila was out? Uh, yeah, that's about the time, about the same time that Mencia was ripping everybody off. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember because he was doing as as Chappelle was doing the the African American version of like reality. Mencia was doing the you know the Mexican version and making fun of all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you called him Mencia. Uh, I'm taking. You know, I'm stealing that right from Joe Rogan. No, yeah. Please. Oh. Oh. I know. <laughs> yeah. Believe me, yeah. I know. Uh, do you ever did you see the clip where Rogan called oh, him out on stage? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, and and of it, course in the aftermath, where Rogan said he, he shouldn't have done that. Well, he ruined Mencia's career. Yeah, he actually got banned from the Comedy Store himself for a little while too. Well, yeah, I, yeah. Um, Mitzi, mm-hmm. uh, Mitzi Shore banned him. Yeah, for a little while, but then he he said I should I should have handled that better. <laughs> yeah, but but it, you know Joe Rogan at that time was handling it like Joe Rogan would handle it. Well. <laughs> I mean, if you listen to Joe's podcast, he doesn't pull a whole lot of punches. No. Uh, Joe Rogan is, he, he's a stand-up guy, and he's going to tell you what he thinks, and I respect that. Mm-hmm. Kind of, since we're sticking on reality shows, you know one reality show that I was able to watch, but I haven't kept up with it? Mm. The Ultimate Fighter. Okay. Because I'm a, I'm a big MMA fan. Yeah. I was a big fan of The Ultimate Fighter. It combined... You know, the real world with pro MMA. What could go wrong? Well, let's put <laughs> let, let's put 15 guys, 20 guys, whatever it is, in a house with no TV, no phone, no access to the outside world. The only thing they can do is train and train some more and train some more and drink. What could go wrong? Well, that's why I said that's why I like the real world. That's why I really enjoyed it. I wanted to be a part of that because it was like throw people into a house. Like I said, after the fourth season, it just went downhill. But it was, was like, that the season that had Puck? Uh, no, I think Puck was third season. That's Four, the only that's fourth the... season was, I think, when they went to London. OK. And they had to work at some homeless shelter. It was some job that they had to do. OK. And it was like, oh, you know, it's like you're not getting... At that point, it's like, like I said, I thought it was like fun to see how different people react. 
Right. And I would have loved to have been in that situation. See, that was one premise that Chappelle built into his was them having a job. He he built that into his real world sketch. They were working at a juice bar. Yeah. But, but I, I and I know that the Hawaii one, I think it was Hawaii, where the one character they just kept plying her with alcohol. And oh, it's like, oh, that was a bad one. Oh, yeah, she she was a bad alcoholic, and they just kept giving her booze. And let's see what happens. Well, that that was the kind kind of a thing that happened on the Ultimate Fighter, especially yeah. in the first season. There was a guy he had uh, he had some drinking issues, and he came from a broken home and this and that. And one night they all got him drunk and called him a fatherless bastard. Ooh. Oh yeah, Nick Massington, he makes a post every year about the fatherless bastards because. To those of us in the Rat Pack family, um, of which I am a proud member, um, Nick has become a father figure to all of us. Nick's a, Nick's a really good dude. So he posts up about the fatherless bastards mm. around holidays and stuff. Love you, Nick. Yeah, that MMA thing sounds almost like what they did with Tough Enough. It, it, it was Tough Enough. Which? <laughs> it was Tough Enough, but in, I, in, instead of having Hardcore Holly beat the shit out of a uh, dude... Having hardcore Holly beat the shit out of a dude one time, these guys were really kicking the shit out of each other for a UFC contract. Yeah, I I felt I honestly felt really bad for all the tough enough people. Yeah, only because like we both know people that are in the business. Yes, and you just don't walk in off the street. No, you don't. And you know, I remember there was one when Undertaker. Just beat the ever-loving smack out of Maven and threw him through a popcorn machine. That was on an episode of SmackDown. Yep. I I, I was just watching a thing on The Undertaker with uh, this being... Yet, uh, yesterday was, as we record this, yesterday was his final farewell. 30 years to the day after his debut at the Survivor Series, he came out last night at the Survivor Series and said his final farewell. And one of the highlights they showed was him putting poor Maven through the goddamn popcorn machine. Yep. And But that's, like I said, and I mean, I'm sure he didn't do it out of love. Oh, no, actually, he did. Because if you remember, leading up to that, Maven had eliminated Taker from the Royal Rumble. Okay. That was Taker's idea. Wow. That was Taker's idea. The thing with, with the thing with the Undertaker is Undertaker was never afraid for his spot. Oh and, no. And he would work with other guys and put other guys over. And he did it countless times. Oh yeah. I mean Kane was supposed to be a one off character. And Glenn Jacobs got twenty five years out of that. Yeah, Taker Taker was you could always tell how unselfish he was in the ring. But you could also tell sometimes when he just did not give a shit that there was times. Oh, when oh, don't get me wrong. When you pissed off Taker, you knew about it. Yep. Thank you, Dead Man. Oh yeah. He was one. He was one of the. I remember when the gong hit. Yep. You you, you knew you were in for a show. Okay, let's kind of let's let's explore this rabbit hole a little bit. We're yeah. not going to dive too deep into pro wrestling. That's another story for another time. We're going to have to have Andy on for that. Um. What's your favorite iteration of The Undertaker? I think the Ministry of Darkness might have been my favorite. Ministry of Darkness? When you had Midian, the Acolytes. Yep. Um, uh, Viscera. Big and, Daddy yeah, V. Yeah, one was the eyes, one was the muscle, one was the, you know, it was, and, it, and um, you know, they strung up Stephanie and they strung up. Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold. And that was awesome. They killed it 
with Vince McMahon being the higher power. Well, that wasn't supposed to happen. No, but that, like I said, but I still love that iteration because I love stables in wrestling. Yeah. For Horseman, Degeneration X, Nation of Domination. When you get those guys together to put something together so beautifully. Yeah. And the Ministry of Darkness... Was was so much fun to watch. And then they had to cock it all up and make the corporate ministry. Uh, yeah, the corporate ministry was terrible. I don't even know. I mean, I'm sure it looked good on paper. But look, we have all these superstars in the corporation. We have all these superstars in the ministry. It's like peanut butter and jelly. No, it's not like peanut butter and jelly. It's like mayonnaise and ketchup, man. You're mad it. Mayonnaise and ketchup is good together, you dipshit. I had to come up with two condiments off the fly. How about mayonnaise and peanut butter? I've never had that, so I can't say it's good or bad. Just think about that for a minute. I'll I'll try Miracle Whip and peanut butter. Ew. Miracle <laughs> Whip and anything is bad. <gasps> How dare you? That's the tangy zip. <laughs> no. It's delicious. No. I could eat that right out the jar. <laughs> no wonder you look the way you do. <laughs> what? Cut like a Greek god? No, Buddha wasn't a Greek. <laughs> You opened yourself up for that one. Um, I kicked open that door, didn't I? Oh, yeah. And I jumped in with both feet wearing snowshoes, pal. My favorite iteration of The Undertaker is, can you guess it? American Badass? Bingo. <laughs> because for two reasons. I, I, I love my Harley. And seeing like seeing The Undertaker as more of the Mark Calloway, uh, more of Mark Calloway yeah. than The Undertaker, I dug it. That was real, you know, because Undertaker, he's a he's a motorcycle and he he loves his bikes, and he just he puts off that vibe of a badass biker dude. That oh he, yeah, you see him in a bar, you ain't fucking with him. No, 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 no. You give you give him a wide stance. Yeah, very wide. Oh, man. Ah. Yeah, and I love and I and uh, the some of the stuff he pulled with that. I know, like I said, I know I know that wasn't a lot of people's favorites. Vince hated it because they felt like he was like phoning it in. I, I thought it was great because he would like come out and and of course you want to go after a biker for some cheap heat. You hit his motorcycle. Right. I mean, it was genius. And then, of course, Kurt Angle like backpacked on so much of that. Bring, oh, oh, with the with the with the little scooter. And yeah, whatnot. you bring out the scooter. And it was like, you know, it was great. That was uh, Angle. Angle is one of the best comedic performers in wrestling history. He was, yeah. Well, he he was when he started, and then he turned into like a genuine. Uh, well, he turned into Kurt Angle. Yeah, but for the stuff he did early on, oh, was just he would let himself be made a fool out of. I know, but he actually had some of the greatest matches too. Oh God, yeah. I mean, I, the guy's an Olympic gold medalist. He he, and if you listen to people talk about when he broke in, it, this is way before the WWE Performance Center. This is when. They had a ring built in a, or they built a ring in a warehouse up in Stanford, and had Dory Funk and Dr. Tom Pritchard stretching these cats, stretching these young students, and that's where Kurt Angle broke in. Mm-hmm. So, and they said that like Dr. Tom Pritchard, who's trained everybody, he said he's never seen a guy take to pro wrestling and becoming a wor- a, a good worker as fast as Angle. Yep, and his. Um his character was was just really the character that thinks he's good and he's the heel. Yeah. I mean, that is one that's... The three eyes. Yeah. I mean, if it was... It has to be difficult to pull off because whenever you think heel, they always have to be like the dick. Right. 
you know. But Kurt was a dick, but he was like a, a dick on the sly. Yeah, and that's and that's where it may, you know he was condescending to people. Oh yeah, you know. And there was a few that were like that that did almost the exact same thing, um, like the body donnas. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what was his name? Simon Dean. But yeah, I'm 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 looking at Nova Simon Dean. Yep, Simon Dean. Yeah, and it was always that you know, the character that. You know, was a health a health nut, and I'm just trying to help you slobs. <laughs> yeah, but Kurt Angle was an Olympic gold medalist. He was already better than everyone in that arena, <laughs> right? But it, like going back, like to the to the guys that are health enthusiasts, and, yeah. and they're trying to help these slobs out. The first guy <laughs> I remember doing that gimmick was a fat fuck, Playboy Buddy Rose. He was built. He was built at two hundred and seventeen pounds, and he had to go every bit of three fifty. Playboy uh, Buddy Rose. Anyway, that's enough wrestling for yeah, this. We're gonna have to. We're gonna wrestling have, was on TV. It counts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll get a pass. All right. Back to uh, something we started earlier. What is one TV show that everyone raves about that you have never watched? Walking Dead. You've never watched The Walking Dead. No. I can't believe that. I, I, I honestly, I'm not even sure why. I mean, I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I just, I think I got played out on zombies. They're not zombies. They're walkers. They're zombies. You can call them what you want. That word is never uttered in the Walking Dead. Universe. I know it isn't. I know it isn't. Kirkman made very clear of that. But, but like I said, I, I. You know, there's a lot of shows that, I mean, I've... Even, like, Game of Thrones, which now I have watched, but I remember when Game of Thrones came out. I had people telling me, hey, you like fantasy, you're going to be into this. And I didn't watch it till like, the third season, because I don't like being told what to do. I have, to this day, never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. It, you would like it. It's It's a lot of violence and breasts. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Every time you see someone nude on screen, somebody dying, horrifically. I mean horrifically. Ooh. I mean it's they're they they're not they are not even like, you know, casual deaths. Okay, now that's that's an HBO show, correct? Yeah. Okay, now I kind of got to take issue with HBO on this. Um not for the fact that they put Game of Thrones out, but they were a, they had first crack at The Walking Dead. Okay. And passed on it because they said it was too violent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, like I said, I've seen um, episodes here and there, but I think at the time, I just, like I said, I just got played out of zombies in the horror genre. Uh, The whole thing with Walking Dead, though, is it's not necessarily a horror. That, I, like I said, from the scenes that I've seen, I mean, also. Don't get me wrong. There's some gory, gory stuff in it. But and there's some horror elements in it, but it's more of a drama. Yeah, I mean, it it, it could like I said, there could be so much stuff in like the post-apocalyptic stuff, right? Um, because going back to some shows like Heroes was one show that I really enjoyed. Never watched it. And Revolution was another one. Never even heard of it. Yeah, Revolution was a show where all the electricity in the world is gone. Okay. And the the states are divvied up. Uh, governments fall. I mean, there's no electricity. And it started out really cool. Like, you know, but then they had to solve the mystery of why the electricity went away. And then the whole thing went south. Oh. But it was one of those post-apocalyptic where it's like, you know, 
and I it's hard so my brain sometimes hard to believe that just losing electricity will turn us all into animals. Well, and The Walking Dead is like that. It's like okay, there's not many humans left, but let's all kill each other anyway. Well, I think part of the walking part of what The Walking Dead is trying to get across with that is the fact that the survivalist instinct of the different groups has become so strong and naturally a leader is going to emerge in each group with the survivors Mm -hmm. with with uh you know the quote-unquote heroes of the show you know the first leader was rick grimes yeah now that rick is gone there's a separate leader in each community you know the Mm -hmm. at alexandria you have michonne and the rest of the council uh maggie green has just come back at the hilltop um, there's a separate leader at um, Oceanside. Negan was the leader of a group called the Saviors. You know, it, it's it's it it really is in some ways a play on the human condition. Mm. It's a, it's a really good show. I honestly think you would enjoy it. Yeah, I I think I'm just too far. Like I said, shows like that. We talked about Oz. I didn't see Oz is another great. Yeah, show. there's just a lot of shows that I just I just cannot. I, I, I'm just not good. I'm not a good binge watcher either. Oh, uh, okay. I can binge watch. Yeah, it's like I, I can't. I can binge watch with the best of them. Yeah, I, I, um, I just can't do it. There's so, there's something in me that just, I don't know. I just don't. The last show I think I actually binge watched was was Father Ted, <laughs> where I got all the episodes and just sat and watched them. And that's a show from the 80s. Okay. Were you a fan of Lost? No. Never watched an episode. I watched the beginning of it and immediately said, this sucks. Really? And you're a Joss Whedon fan? Yep. I didn't like it. I I, I have I never watched one episode. Yeah, I, I saw it was like in the beginning. I, I liked the idea behind it. And what I thought the idea behind it was, was that survival almost. Okay. And then all of a sudden the smoke monster happened. What the hell is a smoke monster? Nobody ever knew. They never revealed it. No, it just it was just it was a monster made out of smoke that ate people. Okay. And then the one kid, like, started talking backwards for no freaking reason. Not only taught me talking backwards, it's like they would actually overdub his speech, like it was like like you know you're listening to like a Judas Priest album, like Linda Blair and The Exorcist. I don't know that they did that. But yeah. Okay. I. I but but that's when, when she was speaking was like, in tongues, it was backwards. But English. then but then of course, and you know what? I don't care about spoiling it either. Because then they realized the whole thing's a dream. Oh, come on. What? Yeah. It was a dream? C- kind of. See, now, that was one thing. That's one ending of The Walking Dead that will piss me off. It's yeah. If, it, if it's revealed that it's all been a dream. Well, no, it won't because I know that uh, Kirkman and has the comics. and. Uh... Yeah. Well, one thing, uh, like my theory for how The Walking Dead was going to end, how the TV show was going to end, was blown out of the water. Okay. I thought that the final shot would be old man Carl sitting around a campfire telling the story. Okay. And I thought that's how it was going to end. Carl was the last of that of that group and he's passing on the knowledge right. to you know to his his now his his little sister and his little brother. Okay. That's how I thought it was going to end, but then they fucking killed Carl off. Oh. Yeah, as I said, I I I'm sure in the comics it like it, they know how it ended. Well, no, Kirkman's still writing the comics. Is he? Yeah, they're still going. Okay. And Carl is still alive in the comics. 
All right. Yeah, like and, I said, I and, and Rick is still with the group in the comics. All right. Like I said, I don't uh, I don't follow any of it. So, yeah, I buy I, I love like I said, it's hilarious to me how how the Internet just goes crazy about some of this stuff, though. Isn't it? It's <laughs> TV shows. Like I said, I not watching TV allows me to really laugh at people when they, they start going nuts with spoilers. Yeah. First off, my Swiss cheese brain can't even remember. Even if you told me something was going to happen, and if it did, I want to see it anyway. Right. I mean, I'm one person that has watched movies dozens of times. I know what's happening, and I want to see it. Uh, but I know that uh, I've, I've seen people like, you know, they would talk about Dancing with the Stars and who gets eliminated. And then people get all fired up because, oh, I haven't watched it yet. It's like, oh, my God, does it freaking matter? I, I know, right? You know, it's like, but... I don't think with Dancing with the Stars, I love it that is the same symbols as Down with the Sickness. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. That's something I used to always throw out there when someone would start talking about, because hashtag DTWS. What? Down with the Sickness? <laughs> <laughs> okay, since uh, since we're kind of on that subject now, uh, with these quote-unquote talent shows, and I, I I won't say that they don't have talent because they do. The people on American Idol and on The Voice, they can sing, mm-hmm. but they can't write a song for the most part. They're meant to be prepackaged, five-year shelf life acts. For the most part. What's your thought on those things? I wish, you know, I wish there was an American Idol type show for different genres. There's going to be. You know, not just bubblegum pop. I mean, I know they did the country version, and I don't think that took off very well. Uh, no, it didn't. But there is going to be a reality show, a, a, a contest show in the vein of American Idol for original bands. Yeah, that that I wouldn't mind seeing. And uh, it's called it's called No Cover. Yeah. Uh, they're taking submissions now for bands to be on it. And one of the one of the main hosts of it is Alice Cooper. Nice. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm really excited to see that. I hope they don't try to do metal though, because I really, I really think there's, for so, there are so many genres of metal at this point. Yeah, that you cannot. I mean, and I know, I know you would get upset. It's like ah, Nickelback. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, because because I know you don't you don't have any love for Nickelback like I do. No, I don't. But however, I did listen to a Nickelback song today. It came up. It came up on my Spotify. It was photograph? What? <laughs> it was photograph. <laughs> It was photographed. Yeah, there are only certain songs that they, they play. I mean, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I listen to the, the stuff that I listen to is, and yes, I do like Nickelback. Not ironically, I really do enjoy their music. but <laughs> And I get derided for that for some odd yes, reason. Yes, you do. All right. Well, yeah, okay. I'm sure we can, like I said, I know that our taste sometimes really differ yeah they do um but this uh no cover they're it's open to all genres Hmm. it's open to all genres the only caveat is no cover songs oh dude let's break out some of our old stuff we can get a turntable we can we can do our old stuff man like we did back in the day the only like i said the only caveat to no cover is you gotta play your own music i think this Ah, is gonna be shit it's gonna be really interesting. I can barely play guitar. I can't even play the spoons. Ooh, <laughs> I could. Ooh, 
the spoons. Yes. I'm clutching the pearls now. Yes. Oh. Well, like I said, I have that app on my phone, uh-huh. which allows me to like take songs and put into it and see how they sound on the turntable scratching. Oh, dear so, God. Yes, they made that up. I can't figure out how to get it to work. I mean, I know how to get it to work, but I can't figure out on my phone how to get it to work. Buy a new phone. No, not until it breaks. Where's my hammer? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he, he's sticking his phone in his pocket as we speak. <laughs> no, I remember the last time you had a hammer around me, and I remember I got hit with it. I didn't hit you with a hammer. When we were fixing that beam in my garage. I didn't hit you with the hammer. I just told you to use the whole handle. You should have seen this. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> He's got a, a, a full-size hammer, right? Full-size hammer, and he is literally choked up. He's holding it just below the head of the hammer, and I lost my fucking mind. How can you get a swing? How can you get any leverage? Use the whole handle. That's what it's there for. Yeah, but then it swings wildly. You get more control. You can't. It's, a, it's like in baseball. You can't swing it like that. It's like in baseball. You choke up on the bat to get more control of the ball. Although, I don't know if that's what that actually means. I've never played baseball like that. No. No. <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> if you hold your hands like a foot from the edge of the bat, you'll get a lot better hit. Like bunting. That's not how it works and this is why we don't allow bill to have tools i i have i have enough tools thank you but he might have tools but he doesn't know how to use them i don't need to know how to use them oh they're just there to look pretty i have an actual bag of hammers okay (laughs) and you're about as smart as that bag of hammers (gasps) oh he clutched he clutched the pearls again (laughs) (laughs) oh uh, I think this might have to be another two-part episode. Yeah, because we didn't even get into theme songs yet. No, we didn't get into theme songs. We didn't get into... Uh, what the hell else did we get into? MTV. MTV. Oh. Um, Mem- you remember when, when MTV played videos? They they still play videos. Actually, I was just watching um, MTV Classic, and I was watching Metal Mania. Oh. And... Oh, that's VH1 Classic. No, it's, it's MTV. I remember VH1 classic. I was just watching it like two nights ago, and it was awesome. They had Def Leppard on, White Snake, Alice Cooper. Did you miss your mullet? Oh no, I was growing it back. What are you kidding me? <laughs> what are you growing it back for? <laughs> uh, at one t- at one point, Bill did have a pretty glorious mullet. I st- I have one now. Anyway, it's no, not quite I, a mullet. But but I had this theory that whenever I'm listening to. Um, Either well, not Pandora anymore. Whenever I listen to Sirius on the metal stations, invariably a Bon Jovi song gets played. And okay, I cannot stand Bon Jovi, so I'm sitting there watching Metal Mania. I'm reminiscing, reminiscing about all these great bands, and it's a lot of hair metal they're playing at the time, Cinderella, and just bands that I really love. Lisa comes in, she sees what I'm watching, she says, "Have they played any Bon Jovi yet?" I says, "No," and now they're probably going to. Thanks. And well, let me guess, within two songs, Bon Jovi. No, I was, and I, I kept watching it. Just now, I'm daring it to play Bon Jovi, <laughs> so I could turn off an anger. <laughs> but but they didn't. It they kept playing really good songs. And it's like, and then all of a sudden, it became uh, like '80s '80s music type, 
And the next song up was like George Michael's, um, the one where he's shaking his ass next to the jukebox. Uh, Faith. Faith. And I was like, well, I guess Metal Mania is over. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) You're going to get stung for copyright because of that. You had to make a funny. Had to make a funny. Best part of Young Guns 2? Bon Jovi got shot. <laughs> I figure I'd get about 50 dobies for a Trigger Fang. <laughs> you remember the scene? Yes, no, I, I no- do. I have nothing against Bon Jovi the human. That was a joke, so nobody please, nobody clutch the pearls at me. Leave your angry letters in your email box. Oh, no, not them pod at gmail.com. <laughs> and unlike my cohort here, I actually enjoy Young Guns 2. I like the movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. I really enjoy the soundtrack. Yeah, I like, like I said, I, I don't not like Bon Jovi, but I, he only has like five songs. And they play him constantly. No, he's got a lot of songs. He's just ones that are in heavy rotation. Yeah, well, he needs to come up with more. Oh, I, now you sound like the CEO of Spotify. Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. The CEO of Spotify came out and... Uh, there has been like uh, they, they pay ridiculously low for their for like per stream. Okay, like three one hundredths of a cent per stream. All right, and some artists were complaining about the about the royalty rate that they're paid on this. You know what this son of a bitch actually had the balls to say? What create more? Hmm. This is from a guy who probably doesn't who probably wouldn't have an artistic bone in his body if he were getting fucked by Prince. No, I, I don't clutch the pearls. I love Prince. <laughs> yeah, I like I said, I don't listen to Spotify, but that's that's a you know, a terrible thing to say. I, but like I said, it's like I I liked Bon Jovi back then, but it was like ugh, I can't listen to it anymore. See now the the thing is, um, like he's saying something like that. Create more. What if you're a guy like Mike Portnoy? Okay. Mike Portnoy puts out probably six or seven albums a year. Yeah. With his dip with his various projects. Between Yellow Matter Custard, the Winery Dogs, um, and all the other, you know, mountains of stuff that Mike Portnoy puts out. Create more? Or, yeah. Or, or like Buckethead, who puts out an album a month, right? Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you? How are you supposed to create more? Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I understand because it's the A and R people in music. You get like you know your one song, you just keep playing it over and over and over again. It's like, you know, there's a lot of other great songs. I mean, I think they should just play songs on the album that you're not nobody listens to. Well, there's no such thing as a, as album oriented rock anymore. No. No, there's no AOR radio. Yeah, so so you're gonna get the hits, and that's it. Um, ZZO was one of the was one of the last bastions of AOR format rock in the valley um, until they got bought out. Yep, and now they're an iHeartMedia mm-hmm. property, and now they have some canned bullshit morning show on instead of the Bear Man and Keith because the Bear Man oh. passed away, and. Uh, you know, Keith was Keith Moyer was smart enough to realize that he's not going to replace the Bear Man. 
Yeah. So he just moved to afternoons and let them put a, f- a canned bullshit morning show on in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I've I've tried to listen to it. I can't. I have listened to it, and sometimes it's it's like nails through the skull. Yeah. Um, there are other times when I I I wonder if it's formulaic. It is formulaic because there's a guy on that show who will disagree with everything the host says. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and that's it's like no matter what it is, it's like, and then it's like it turns into an argument. Well, uh, th- I mean, that's that that formula has been in radio and television, oh. you know, talk shows for years. You have to have the dissenting opinion. Back in uh, 97, 96, 97, when I was living in uh, Maryland, I listened to DC one oh, uh, not DC one oh one. I listened to uh, ninety eight rock out of Baltimore. And the morning show there was Kirk, Kirk, Mark, and Lopez. You had Kirk McEwen and Mark Ondeko who were over here, you know, who were on one side of every issue. And then you had R. Edward Lopez who would just, you know, always have to fucking disagree with Kirk and Mark. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a formula as old as, yeah. as old as time. Yeah, the only, like I said, the only reason I listen to it is just because there's something for the drive-in. Just to listen to it, but more and more because I'll just listen to music. Me too. That's why I have Spotify Premium. Hmm. Um, let's put a bow on this for the week. Yeah, yeah. We've really covered a lot of ground on TV shows. There's way, 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 way more ground that we can cover. Guys, give us uh, some of your favorite TV shows. Let us know your favorite TV shows. Let us know your least favorite TV shows. Uh, see if you see if we agree with you. Theme songs, uh, you know, uh, theme songs that you'll always remember from a TV show. Uh, hit us up. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, Facebook. I almost said fucking MySpace again. I was uh, waiting for it. Waiting for it. I'm gonna pounce on you. Facebook.com slash oh no not them pod. You can email us, ononotthempod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, ononotthempod1. Um, Drop us a line, man. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, One closing thought as we record this. It is Monday, the 23rd of November. Thanksgiving's coming up in a couple of days. Um, I know with the crazy situation that we find ourselves in, uh, with this, you know, new outbreak of COVID. Do me a favor. Uh, if you're going to go and spend the holidays with your families, um, don't be scared, but be careful. Uh, spend time with your loved ones. But please be careful. When you're out in public, when you go to the goddamn grocery store, put your mask on. Yeah, and don't lick the turkeys before you pick them up. No, don't lick the turkeys. That's bad for business. Yeah. Yeah, so so have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you next week. I'm Eric. And I'm Bill. This has been Oh No, Not Them. We'll catch you on the other side.